What's up, meeples? On this show, it's another re listener request as we cover Marvel Champions. We also cover what's going to happen with the podcast during this latest lockdown, along with Paul bringing you the weekly news, Kickstarter campaigns, and lack of event information. This is the podcast with Crawley Gaming Community. What's up guys, my name is Jason and my name's Ian and we are two game club organisers shooting the breeze about tabletop gaming. So pop the kettle on, grab a brew and let's get on with today's episode. And on today's episode we are going to be miserable, we are going to be upset and we are going to be very angry. This week has come with some pretty awful news as far as we're concerned with the announcement that UK is going back into national lockdown. Lockdown 2 electric boogaloo, here we go again. That's right. Yep, our fateful leader Boris has obviously announced that we are, as a country, failing to fight off the uh, impending doom that uh, COVID-19 has brought us. So yeah, we're going to be back under lockdown. We're going back into isolation. So this is going to be the first of many recordings that we are doing today to try and, and ensure that you guys receive this podcast every week throughout the lockdown and in the best quality as we possibly can but depending on how long we're going to be in this lockdown for it may not stay that way yeah small disclaimer because we won't be able to officially meet up if we aren't able to get enough of these recorded there is a slim chance that i may end up be recording from home and i won't have access to jason's nice and shiny recording equipment so it may be a case that you may have to put up with some terrible sound quality from my end for a little while but we'll see we'll try and avoid that if possible yeah we're going to try and batch record as many as we can today and tomorrow um, with Wednesday of this week being the very last event uh, that we were able to attend at the comic shop. Obviously, by the time you get to hear this episode, that has already been and gone. But yeah, we're, we're not going to miss out on our very last gaming night. So speaking of which, we're going to start this week with um, our last time that we're going to be doing this for a little while, because obviously with batch recording we can't we can't tell you what we're playing weeks into the future unfortunately we're not uh, fortune tellers otherwise i would be a very rich man from the lottery <laughs> so yeah this week we're going to start with what have we played this week i have once again i know i'm going to bore you lot to tears by saying it over and over and over again but i have been continuing to try and get my practice through and learn how to play my new turtles game properly i finally got a full understanding on how the game plays it flows very well i've had three different groups play through the, the most of the training campaign and i've started to actually venture in to see what's coming up for the regular campaign and the game is designed really really well the training missions are a little bit on the dull side because it is just a case of fight your way through a load of enemies you know move on to the next mission the second part of the training one had you disabling cameras and unlocking doors which was quite fun looking ahead it actually splits up some of the characters and your mechanics of sharing things with your teammates suddenly splits one person completely separate which was quite an interesting mechanic so they just have like one mini boss fight going on while the rest of you are fighting all the henchmen so i'm interested to see how that game carries on and i'm really um, enjoying the different ways the um, rule books 
as as little comics themselves anyway play out yeah it's a real shame that uh lockdown has has hit us when you're starting to get into your stride with a campaign based game the lucky thing with that game it has a one player mode so i may well sit there in some of my downtime and actually start um blitzing through yeah i think that I, i've got a few games that i've got lined up solo mode uh dynogenics being one of them i really want to hit that up with the solo mode yep. as well um so a couple of games that i've been playing uh, this previous week at the comic shop event we had some newbies on site again which was really great to see and we had some young ones that uh, turned up during the half term break so owing to the fact that we i did indeed have the young ones in my group we were playing the simple games but it was easy for me to figure out which games they were obviously with the amount of games I play with my son. So we broke out Frog Riders, uh, which I have talked about on the podcast before. And another one was the Cobra Paw game. We touched on it a little bit last week and we touched on it a few weeks ago as well. Brilliant dexterity game. The amount of fun that was had during that game. It, there, there was a lot of smiles, a lot of laughing. But yeah, really good fun game. Had two games of that. And yeah, so they, they were the two main games that I played at the comic shop this week. And I have had the luxury of playing one other board game and one card game this week. So my other board game that I played was Kadama 3D. I finally got to have a go at that. Uh, the original plan was actually to start Betrayal um, Legacy, which I'd love to have been telling you about. But we had a scheduled conflict with one of our players. So we decided to wait for them before we cracked that one out. So we had a think and I bought, or I finally had all of my Kadama bundle come through from Kadama Forest, which is still due to be played. Um, so we decided to crack out the Kadama 3D. So Kodama um, in general is a tree building game. So you have branches with symbols on and you get um, missions basically that you've got to try and complete. This was a 3D version. So you have cardboard um, tree you have a base that sits on the, the table so each of the trees has little holes in it or you plug in a new branch and if the branch has a different symbol or a different colored kodama which are the little creatures on your tree then you get to take a new goal from a set of four on the table in front of you increasing your chance of being able to earn more victory points for the end of the game you have 10 goes of moving your kodamas around a board of um, piles of four branches you take the one that you're leaving so you've got to try and plan ahead a little bit and at the very end of the game once everyone's done 10 rounds the last two spaces your Kadama runs are on your last two branches. That's when you go through all of your missions and score the victory points from each of those quests. Once that's done, you just see who wins the game. It was a good, fun little family game, and we really enjoyed it. Nice. And then the other game that I've played this week, is, um, which we will cover shortly, is um, I have been playing the Pokemon card game again, which has been really nice to actually play that with physical people again. <laughs> Don't get too used to it, though. You know, you're not going to have much of a much of a chance to be doing that any time in the future, mm, I don't no. think. So yeah, they're the games that we have played this week. And now we're going to move on to games that we've purchased and had delivered. Now you will figure out by the time we get to the end is there is a reason we have done it this way round. But we're going to start with Ian. Yep, and I segue nicely from my last comment on the Pokemon front. We have now reached the latest set of Pokemon. Vivid Voltage has just gone through what would normally be a pre-release tournaments. As we don't have in-person events at the moment, it was a pre-release from home so me and my three friends that played Kadama we also did our own little mini pre-release so you get a um, pre-release kit uh, we actually did it with the prize boosters as well so we had seven booster packs of cards and a themed pack with a promo card in it we had a little mini tournament I got to play one of my favorite Pokemon which is the Gormless 
bird Pokemon Cramorant, which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, we had a good little laugh. The new set looks quite good. We'll talk about that more on a later podcast. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was so nice and refreshing to actually play um, a trading card game again in person. Yep, I can imagine it's going to be something we're really going to miss, I think, playing in person again. But hopefully it won't be for as long this time, but time will only tell. So what games have I had ordered, delivered, and all that kind of stuff this week? Well, I've had three. The first and foremost was the big bo- the biggest box that I've got here, which is City Skylines, the board game. Now, this is something that me and Ian have been looking forward to for many, many months. This is a game that we first saw when we were at the business toy fair at the start of the year before, you know, the country shut down. And uh, yeah, it's been a game that we've been really excited for ever since. As you can imagine with us, it is a cooperative based game. <laughs> And as you can guess by the title, it is an IP-based game based on City Skylines from Paradox Interactive. It's a city-building game. We're not going to really say too much more on that at the minute because that is one that we actually really want to play and we want to actually do, do a mini-review for. So expect to hear more about City Skylines, the board game, in the future. Another two little games that I bought, and I say little games because they are essentially pocket-sized games. Uh, one of them even has it in the name, which is called uh, Pocket Madness. Uh, it's Cthulhu's Pocket Madness, a horribly fun game. Again, this was a cheap and cheerful game available in the comic shop in Crawley that I've picked up just today, in fact, um, two days before they have to close their doors again uh, before going online only. And just wanted to show my my thanks, really, that you know, and give them my support. And my third and final game that I have uh, picked up in the comic shop today is a Wiz Kids game called Palm Trees. Uh, looks like a card-based game. Again, it, I purchased it because it was cheap and cheerful. We're really enjoying our small games at the minute, and this is one that appealed to me when I picked it up and looked in the store, and something that will appeal to most people if we can break it out of the events. Yep, it's another dexterity game, this one. So you end up using your, your hand as the um, trunk of a tree. So you've got to build leaves, coconuts, that sort of thing. And it's as much as you can sort of hold and display with everything being in different places. So it looks like quite an interesting, different style of game to what we normally pick up. So they're the three games that I have ha- purchased this week. But I understand that Ian has got one more. I have one more purchase. I was hoping it was going to be here today, but it only got shipped today, so it should be here within the next few days. But it does segue nicely into our um, discussion later. Is there another state expansion? And it is the Ant-Man expansion for Marvel Champions. So it will give me yet another hero with a fold-out hero card this time round, so you can go Giant-Man as well as Ant-Man, which looks quite a fun new mechanic to explore. I haven't really looked into much else into what it contains yet because I wanted the surprise when I get it. It will contain a hero, a pre-constructed deck straight out of the box if you wish to play it, as well as other cards from the other types, which I'll all explain shortly, and a few bits to go in the villain decks. So that's what we have been purchasing and had delivered this week. And it's going to segue us on nicely onto our main topic discussion this week, which is by request Marvel Champions. Now, I know Ian has been... Really looking forward to having this discussion, as have I, because it is a game that I do enjoy. Uh, I don't personally own it. I always use Ian's copy uh, when we want to play this game, and Ian has got most of the expansions. Yep, so one thing to sort of consider with this game, but obviously, as you know, me and Jason both love Marvel. We both owned a game Marvel Legendary, which I'm sure we'll do another 
um, podcast on um, fairly soon down the line. But it came to a point where both of us kept buying the same thing over and over again. And then two new Marvel games came out that had continuous expansions. One was um, Marvel Crisis Protocol, which you've heard us talk many a times about. And then the other one was Marvel Champions. And for a little while, me and Jason had like a jokey battle of whether Legendary or Champions was better. There's still no answer to that because they are both very good games. And I don't want to put a negative on either of them because I enjoy playing both. But me personally, I stopped buying Legendary for two reasons. One, I really like all of the movie Marvel stuff, which they started doing with Legendary and then stopped very quickly. The other one is when we were buying the same things over and over again, we were both forking out quite a lot of money for the the same game with all the expansions. And I liked the different style that Marvel Champions plays. It it does have deck building in it, but you do that pre-starting the game. The basic pretense of this game, you build up a villain deck. That's your story sort of thing. They have some schemes that they have to complete and you build a villain deck up around, you know, like what henchmen they have, that sort of thing. And then you pick your heroes. So the hero decks are split into four types of decks. Their aspects are aggression, justice, leadership and protection. When you're building your decks at the start, no no two players can have the same aspect and you can have up to four players playing with one of each of the four aspects. Any hero can use any aspect and it's been quite interesting to play some of the heroes going through the game with aspects you wouldn't normally think of. Like I have played a game with um, She-Hulk as a protection character, with, so more of a defensive strategy, which was really weird for a power you know, power-based character from what people are used to seeing. Mm. So when building these decks, you must include all the hero aspect cards to the hero you pick. You pick your... uh, And then beyond that, it's including those cards. It is building a 40 to 50 card deck. Cannot go over or less than either of those numbers. And you're only allowed three copies of any card in your deck, unless the card says otherwise. So yeah, as Ian said there, a lot of people will confuse this as a deck building game. It is actually a living card game, which was released by Fantasy Flight Games back in 2020. The game is a cooperative, scenario-driven living card game for 1-4 to players aged from 14+, plus, with an average playtime of about 45-90 to minutes depending on the mission that you are playing. As Ian said just now, you play as the heroes of the game, where you work together to take down the evil mastermind before they are able to achieve their diabolical schemes. All pretty straightforward, but before we progress on, for those of you that don't know what a living card game is please do check out our breaking down tabletop terminology podcast which will be in the podcast description or if you're watching on youtube i'll put a link up in the corner of the screen for you which will take you to that show so that is what the game is now ian are you able to tell us how the game is played so once you've built your decks, you are going to have the villain deck all set up and up to four players. You have your hero on their alter ego mode. So in this game, you can flip between your alter ego and your superhero mode. For example, you've got Peter Parker and Spider-Man, each having different abilities and different card limits for your hand. Um, you'll set your hit dial up to the point uh, the hit, hit points that it says on the bottom of the card. You pick a first player and you set aside what's called the obligation cards. Each character has one. These are put in the villain deck once it's all been built and they determine a negative effect that will go directly to a specific player to decide what they do on a particular turn. Each hero deck will also have a nemesis. You set aside those their set of cards. Again, they will come up later in the game, potentially depending what's drawn from the villain deck. 
once that's all been done you and then you put your put together the villain deck as i mentioned earlier setting up the villain's health as well and and getting all the schemes ready the schemes will often have like a story set up telling you how to set the deck up telling you a quick thing and you know to set the scene of what you're getting into and start the game from there the base game comes with three villains and five heroes which we will discuss in a bit and then from that point on the idea of the game is the villains have their main scheme so each round you get scheme tokens on the card and then if he schemes he'll add more once the scheme hits the required amount in the top left corner which will have a number per player symbol for example the rhino scheme i'm looking at the moment called the break in has seven um, needs seven scheme tokens per player so in a two-player game once that hits 14 he's completed that part of his scheme and it'll move you on to the next one the right the villain wins if he gets through all his schemes or kills all the players heroes win if they defeat the villain in that time the villain will have a health per uh, level he's on and per player once you defeat that before he defeats his schemes you win players turns they'll have all the cards in their hand each card basically has a cost on it of how many resources it needs to play very little cards in this game require specific resources some will say on the cards that they do to do bonus effects normally um, in the bottom left of a card it will give you a particular type of resource and how many you get 99% of the cards give you one resource of a particular type there are three types of resource they are mental physical and energy so you discard cards with these symbols on to pay for a card cost so for example a three cost card you could bin three cards with any symbols on that will pay for that card in your hand to go active some of the decks for example um that may come with another hero that has actually now had a deck good example to this is the iron man deck has hulk in it if there is a player playing as hulk you cannot have hulk as an ally he'll never be able to reach the field because both the hulk in the hulk deck is unique as is the ally so unless hulk player goes down completely your ally card would be useless for the entire game the villain decks are built up of the particular hero set of cards including uh, minions that go with them extra bits like the obligation cards from the player decks will go into the villain deck along with any side scheme events or sections you've got built in and a basic set of cards that go in every encounter deck on the villain's turn they start around with a attack or a scheme depending on the player you reveal the villain cards from the top of the villain deck per player and they will have little symbols in the bottom right corner of them those basically buff up the villain heroes often can heal easier in um, alter ego mode but they, they unlimited they're not they're limited on what cards they can actually activate because they cannot attack and that is pretty much a rundown of what you can do in the game I think I hope. Okay, guys. So yeah, that is how you play the game. Is a lot of information to take in there, but trust me, when it's another one of them games, when you're playing it and learning it with it in front of you, it's a bit easier to understand. I think. Yeah, it took me a little while with the rule book because there's so much, and I have literally explained almost everything in one go. Which one of my weaknesses sometimes I try to make sure everyone has all the information when it might not all make sense hearing it when the cards are in front of you once you've built that deck up it's quite easy to see right this needs x amount of resources i can play this i can attach this most cards are self-explanatory and things like the schemes and stuff it's really clear on the cards what they need to be defeated and same with the villain end of the day with the villain you just need to reduce its health down yeah beat him up okay so that is how you play the game now we're going to talk about what comes in the box and we're, going, we're right now we are only going to be covering what comes in the core box when you purchase marvel champions so what does come in this core box well it is a card based game so as i'm sure you can imagine there are a lot of cards that come in in this game 343 to be precise 
and that breaks down into about 199 player cards, 137 encounter cards, which is going to be your villain decks, and seven reference cards. The player cards, they consist of five heroes. They are Iron Man, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, and the Black Panther. The villains, they are, give you three in the starter set. They are Rhino, the Claw and Ultron. And from what I've seen and the games that I have played, those three villains vary in difficulty with Rhino being sort of the, the starter mode, if you like, the Claw being the second with a slight difficulty curve upwards, and then Ultron, which is hard mode, trying to put you off playing the game forever. Yeah, they do follow a story in that that's quite interesting in that sort of way. And it is just a case you can... There's enough variation in this that you can mix and match bits and pieces. So even if you go back and play it again, it can still be a completely different game so other things that come in the box there are also 30 status cards they are stunned confused and tough and they are just different ways of either stopping damage or stopping either the heroes or the villains because both can take these cards from either getting bonuses or giving them bonuses yep and then obviously taking damage in this game is obviously a very prevalent thing so there is a large amount of damage tokens 62 of them to be precise they are used for your allies as you, um, as we're about to come to what the heroes themselves have for their health recording. But they're used for the allies and minions based in the game. You then have 33 threat tokens. Those are what I was mislabeling earlier for the schemes. You place threat tokens on the schemes, not scheme tokens. My apologies for earlier. I was getting in a bit of a fluster and I also wanted to see how many times I could say scheme in the same sentence. <laughs> Then you come to 16 all-purpose counters. We found this funny when we first opened the game because it was it felt like a bit of a cop-out of why would you need all-purpose tokens. There are cards in there that just say put X amount of tokens on this card. Every time you use it, remove one. Um, yeah, you could easily record these with the others, but they still look pretty. Carrying on with the tokens, you get five acceleration tokens. These actually look quite interesting. I'm not going to lie. I like the shape. Um, as the game goes on, it, um, once you start cycling through the um, villain decks and the player deck, it can do different things to the game. Quite often, it, um, there are a lot of cards that increase how much threat you um, you put on the schemes. So that is what those tokens are used to do. And then finally, for the token side of things, you've got a nice big first player token, which I'm pretty sure does exactly what it says on the tin. A couple more things that come in the box. You have four player hit point dials. Just an easier way of recording the health on the for the player characters rather than having 50 million tokens on your cards all the time, especially when they're flipping. Which is actually really nice not to have a, a metric ton of tokens everywhere and risk losing track of where you are, etc. And then finally, we have one nice big dial, which is the villain hit point dial. I have my one negative criticism about this one. It's nice to have a nice big chunky dial. The numbers are actually the same size. No, the numbers are actually smaller than on the um, hero dials for a thing that's double the size. And it's the only component that doesn't fit in the plastic trays they provide for the game itself and seeing as though we're talking about the uh the plastic trays we will talk about the insert i've got to admit i quite like the insert for this they have clearly uh, made this with future expansions and sleeved cards in mind i will say sleeved cards yes future expansions no as i have already had to expand into another box speaking of which there are varying types of expansions we come to if i can ever get my hand on one of them i probably won't have the storage issue that i have at the moment and then obviously the final component other than the rule book itself in the box is the box itself we always talk about it artwork on the box 
It's a really nice cartoonised artwork, shows all the player characters in it. It's got Thanos on there for some obscure reason, because he's not actually in the box. So yeah, expect Thanos to be arriving very soon. I think that just comes down to the fact that Thanos has to be on every single board game box on the planet at this point. Also, the stylised of the artwork on the main part of the game is recreating the Avengers Assemble scene from Endgame of them all charging at the villains. So that is what comes in the core box. So, what are our opinions on, on the core box? If we take out any expansions that you've got, what, what do you feel about the gameplay? Do you think there's a good amount of replayability? And what about the quality of the cardstock, etc.? Cardstock quality is fantastic. I don't think I can fault that at all. Sturdy, it's well um, well designed, clear to read, and nice artwork. It's a very nice stylized product. Replayability, you get five heroes. Obviously, as I've said earlier, you've got four different variations to playing each of the heroes as well. Lots of options there. You've got three villains that make a story, but the way the villain decks are built, you've got different options on how to build them as well. So you can still play the same missions again. Um, again with most games where we teach lots of people i have played the rhino scenario a lot yeah and it is the easiest scenario and almost too easy but then i would argue the opposite with ultron where ultron is just insanely hard but you can vary them up or down with by adding or changing the different um additions to the um villain decks which is quite nice so there's plenty of combinations to make just a base game alone quite interesting choice on the heroes is a bit is cool but a bit over the place iron man and spider-man are two of my favorites so i was quite happy to see them um black panther being recent in um the marvel universe was was an interesting choice but not surprising captain marvel again this isn't wasn't long after the film had come out so i think that was one of their reasonings for her being in the corset yeah, yeah i think you're right but the one that really surprised me was she hulk it was a really nice choice to have in there but it wasn't one i was expecting you know i'll be honest i was expecting and i'll come back to why this wasn't the case but I was expecting something like the bog standard Black Widow. Yeah, or Captain America, one of the ones that you, you know, you revert back to Crisis Protocol. You know, the characters that are in it are all pretty sort of, these are the well-known characters, these are the characters that are going to sell. So I really enjoyed seeing She-Hulk as a, as a core box character, um, especially as... You know, we now know that She-Hulk is going to be a thing uh, in the MCU, but, you know, to, to really jump the gun, if you like, and have it available as part of the core box well before it's ever going to appear on our screens is a real ballsy move from FFG. It's also just nice to see that they don't have to just follow what the MCU yes. are doing. Yeah, I completely agree. And for a massive fan of the MCU, that's quite a funny thing for me to mm, say. Yeah. Um, another thing that obviously detracts from it from the MCU, this is another game where they are using the comic art, which I personally love. I know Ian is more of an MCU fan, but also likes the comics as well. I am. Um, I, I was impressed on the artwork style of this, though. I'm not so much of a fan. This would probably make a few people cringe of the older versions of a lot of the characters. Like, good example is I know a lot of people love the original, original style of the Iron Man suits. I can't stand them. <laughs> um, but again it's because I've been brought up with the films as my introduction to a lot of these characters I can get the opposite with Spider-Man because I grew up with the cartoons and some of the comics for that so it's it's what we know you know we've said this before with me with IPs but a lot of these are like the, the, the modern comic versions of stuff so it's the nice middle ground for me and the artwork is lovely as well okay so we have touched on a couple of times throughout this episode that there are expansions for this game and being a living car game uh, eventually there there is going to be hundreds upon hundreds of expansions for this game itself. As of the recording, we currently have seven heroes, six of which are in front of us, one of which Ian has already talked about being on its way, three villain expansions, 
and also a big box expansion. But to go into more detail as to what these yeah, who these characters are, what they stand for, what they're about, I'll let Ian explain that, seeing as though he's got all the cards and stuff in front of him. I'm probably going to be wrong on the very first bit of this, but I'm going to try and keep this in the order they all came out as well. So the first expansions they released, these are the two, I'm not sure which order they came in, was Captain America and Miss Marvel. It was nice to see both characters quite early on. Captain America, as we discussed, big fan favourite, especially with all the Avengers films at the moment. Uh, but the nice one to see, was, especially not waiting for the video game as well, is Miss Marvel. She's a fan-loved character and has skyrocketed even more in recent months with the introduction of the Avengers video game that came out. Yeah. But yes, that was really nice to see and they gave you more cards as a focus for the leadership and protection aspects. Um, so that was quite nice. Then we moved on to a scenario pack of the Green Goblin. We call them villain packs, but they are scenario pack. This gave you two different Green Goblin villains in there, both being Norman Osborn, but just different variations of him with different ways of playing it, completely different... Um, modular encounter sets we then got another few heroes i think these came out in this order um so we got thor who came with an aggression aspect and then we got black widow who had um justice aspect cards um she was quite interesting because she brought into a mechanical preparation where she played a lot of reactionary cards so she was just preparing herself to actually deal with what the threats before they came rather than reacting to what was already on the table in front of you we then got the wrecking crew scenario expansion pack this was an interesting one um i have one thing that triggers me about this is you really the, the rule book treats it as if you've bought a second copy of the starter deck which to be honest there's no need to there's very few cards in there that you would you only get one of that you might want more of but you really need four extra um uh, well three extra villain health bars yeah so what this one does is the wrecking crew is made up of four villains so it gives you four slightly weaker villains to beat all at the same time nice which is quite a quite an, a mission to actually achieve but yeah it's just a pain in the ass um not having the discs even though it mentions like in the book use the hero ones but then you've got to micromanage your own heroes but other than that really good expansion the next two heroes i actually have in front of me are doctor strange this is one of my absolute favorites he comes with his uh, uh, protection aspect but he also also comes with an invocation deck which is five spells of his that he plays that as like a separate deck that you play from you can play at the top spell at any given point and you know it just brings a whole new mechanic to the game mm. which i really enjoyed and then the next hero was hulk Hulk is hilarious because um, he gets hardly any cards in Hulk mode, but loads as Bruce Banner. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, his aspect was the aggression aspect as his main focus. This then brought to my last scenario pack that I've had so far that was Kang the Conqueror. I haven't really had a chance to even sleeve this up yet. I've had it a few weeks, but just run out of time. So... This will be all to do with time travel. I've noticed that different players get to attack different Kangs from different times, which is quite an interesting mechanic, but I haven't played that myself at all yet, so something I need to um, go through. The only other two expansions that have come out, obviously Ant-Man we've mentioned is on the way. I have no idea what's in the deck. I just know it's Ant-Man. And there, is, there was also a big box expansion, which brings us on to a negative point about Fantasy Flight Games in a second. But this was called um, Rise of the Red Skull. Gave you Red Skull as one of the main villains, you got Hawkeye and a couple of other heroes. I can't actually remember which one's off the top of my head. The reason being is I have ordered a copy of this. 
and Fantasy Flight sent out 35% of most retailers' orders for this. So this game has become insanely difficult to get your hands on, and I will get a copy eventually once they finally restock the game, but it brings on to my negative point with Fantasy Flight about their um, stock control. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and obviously that leads us nicely onto our final thoughts, and we will go on to the final thoughts of the game, but I think we can cover a lot of the negativity straight away by saying the biggest issue that this game currently faces, and it's not just this game, it is Star Wars Legion, Star Wars Armada, basically anything that Fantasy Flight themselves produce, and that is Fantasy Flight's production does not cover for the amount of demand that their product has, and they know that the demand is there. They run on a very, very, very conservative marketing strategy of not wanting to overproduce things to the point they continuously go way the other way, and this is something that's plagued this game since day one. Every, you know, they've re they've redone print runs up to Thor, I believe, and the Wrecking crew you can should be able to pick up green goblin wrecking crew thor miss marvel and captain america quite easily now with yes, the core box yeah. anything beyond that is incredibly hard to get hold of they're like doubling or tripling their prices on ebay i've been very lucky that i've managed to get what i have so far there is another three expansions we didn't mention that aren't out yet but they're all sold out on pre-orders everywhere and i hadn't had the money to do that at the time no there's another mini sort of standalone box of guardians of the galaxy as well as scarlet witch and quicksilver coming as hero packs i'm hoping i can get myself those but it depends on if i'm lucky with particular websites to whether i can get them the moment they go on in stock yeah and it's a real shame because this game particularly did incredibly well at the award ceremonies last year it won countless awards it was runner up in god knows how many awards as well and no matter where you go online praise coming out of the this game's behind is crazy everyone that has played this game absolutely loves it and i can totally understand why as i said it's got lots of replayability to it because of the deck construction at the start of the game as well you don't you know you can play with the decks as they're listed outside of the expansions but actually having the option to completely rebuild your deck every game um, and as new cards come out you know you've got more and more options to play it really it can take a while to set up but it's really worth the the, worth it in the long run Mm. and again another real huge praise about this game that ties in with the negatives with the the supply and demand is with all the lockdowns this year this game has a solo mode in it you can play this one player you can't play it if you can't get hold of it <laughs> no exactly our final thoughts are on the game it's one game i think that i would definitely recommend as ian said at the outset to this we person you know i don't personally own this game i would happily own this if ian decided to sell all of his i would be first in line there's no yeah. doubt in my mind and as i said it does see the table my only negative with it is to have the deck building side of it and not just have stuff straight out the box to play means the setup of this game can take quite a while because you want to pick the right things for your characters and the more expansions you get the more choices you have which comes with its pros and cons you know but if you give this the time to set up and then enjoy the game you you know you can even carry on playing as like a mini campaign with it you know the base game comes like that it's designed to beat the rhino who's still on something for the claw that then sells it on to ultron you know that style of play so working through the missions as a team especially you know you can always choose to rebuild your decks you can choose to change your heroes but if you could just carry on with your same team and yolo it as a campaign instead which is another there's so many options and ways to play this it's really interesting so i mean you touched on it a little bit there and and that is that this game comes with a good theme um so out of 
five, what would you give the theming of this game? Like how, how well does it replicate the theme that it has been designed for? Four and a half. The thematic side of it, all the ways they've designed the characters, like Doctor Strange having his spells, Black Widow having her preparation cards, Iron Man's actual core Iron Man deck is mostly pieces of armor that you have to suit him up with, and he's a bit slow at the start of the game because you've got to build, he's got yeah, to create him, yeah. to theme creating and building his armor, but once he's done it, He's one of the powerhouses of that round. It's really interesting. And as I said, as I mentioned earlier, playing characters like Hulk and She-Hulk as defensive characters and playing like defensive characters, you know, con- traditional defensive characters as aggression or as leadership. Mm. I mean, you could have Hulk as a leader. It's hilarious, you know. Yeah. And But the, the cards are designed that they will work. I think I'm pretty much going to echo everything you've said. Um, I, I would definitely rate it sort of for four and a half out of five the theme is captured absolutely amazingly i absolutely love the fact that as they release the expansions so far touch wood it's not made the core box characters irrelevant it's not made it so that you always play the same characters you know they're they're all really well balanced it makes you want to try every different character the replayability of it as well is absolutely fantastic um so on a, you know at the at the outset to this there was a lot of information to take in as to how the game plays or how to play the game on a complexity level of one to five or zero to five if you like what level would you put that because i think for me it's going to be somewhere between two and two and a half out of five i'm gonna i'm gonna split mine into two things learning this game was quite difficult the rule book is okay that gives you a reference book as well they're not the best books i've ever read but then they're definitely not the worst i've had far worse actually playing the game once you've played a few runs definitely i'll agree with you you down into the lower difficulty ranges of like two or so but learning the game can be in like the threes or even the fours it's quite a lot as, as we've explained it's quite a lot to take in it sounds complicated but it's another one of those games once you have one or two rounds played you get the gist of how it works what you can do in a turn and the balance of do you attack or defend that's our final thoughts on the games on the game itself highly recommended uh, by both of us i think in in this this instant so guys that is marvel champions the living card game from fantasy flight games have any of you guys out there played this game is it a game that you're interested in trying what are your thoughts on on the game itself and do you agree or disagree with everything that we've had to say about the game we would love to hear your comments your opinions if you want to let us know on any of our social media sites you've got facebook instagram twitter you can even hit us up in the youtube comments for this video as well and now that time of the day has come again when we need to pass you guys over to our own super villain and his minion over to you brian and your minion paul we are damn geniuses i can't believe we pulled this off i really can't this shed is going to be so toasty right through till spring mind you it won't be long till jason and ian notice that full-size shipping container besides the shed yeah, it's a bit hard to hide, isn't it? I mean, Jason and Ian have finally put in that little wood-burning stove we asked for. Now it's getting a bit nippy out here in the shed, but I'm not spending our allowance on logs when the plan we came up with is so foolproof. I mean, that's just one container of three, jam-packed with every cheap copy of Monopoly we could source from charity shops, eBay, Facebook for sale pages, and it all goes on company expenses because it's board games. Well, yeah, classed as board games, so it makes it tax-deductible, 
helps out local charities and performs a public service removing all those awful abominations to the gaming industry. So which set are we burning next? <laughs> a Trump Entertainment Resorts Collector's Edition. That is so apt. I don't think that'll last four years, mind. How many? You kidding me? 1,144 different versions of Monopoly. I really don't know why. Talk about flogging a dead horse. Like I said, we are geniuses. Give us a fist bump. Okay, wing bump. Boo. Right, let's get to some news. In an attempt to encourage people back into their local Warhammer stores, comes the announcement of a few new incentives to do so. And they're pretty tasty, to be fair. Of course, at the moment, the UK has just entered into lockdown 2.0, meaning non-essential shops have had to close. And whilst us hobbyists may have an argument that Warhammer and gaming in general is essential, stores won't be opening until December, should it be safe to do so. But there's an incentive for us when they do, in fact, reopen. The incentive comes in three forms, but the headline act is the free model every single month. To get the model, all you have to do is ask, literally in a Games Workshop Warhammer store, and you'll be given one while stocks last. It's a great opportunity to get a model that's a little different, or even to encourage a friend to try their hand and gain their first model. The November model is of a witch elf. However, Warhammer's confirmed that whilst the stores are closed for November, all of it will be available when it's safe to open again in December, and you'll have the chance to catch up. For example, should you head to the store in December, you may be able to get both the November and December models. In addition to this, there's also collectible coins, which will be free with purchases of over £60. And after six coins, you can also claim a free booklet to display them in. The final offer to tempt you back into the stores is a pick and mix paint set. You pick any 10 pots from the Citadel colour range and your most expensive colour will be free. The offers technically began November 7th 2020 but as before will be available when the stores are in a safe position to reopen. A set of guides designed to teach players how to play board games including Dobble and Dixit remotely have been released for free. The collection of remote play guides are part of a connect and play initiative launched by board game publisher Asmodee, which looks to help players enjoy a selection of family games using video calling tools such as Zoom and Google Meet. Each step-by-step -step guide lists what a group of players need in order to play, such as a copy of the game, obviously, access to a smartphone or a computer, a video calling service, and instructions on how to run the game remotely. For example, playing Dixit remotely sees the storyteller collecting cards from whoever might be physically next to them, mixing those with their own choice and revealing the cards to the players via the camera. All the other players then vote on the cards as normal. Players can create their own voting tokens to select a number or simply use the fingers of their hand to designate their chosen number. Besides Dixit, the Connect and Play collection also includes kids' board game Dobble, known as Spot It in the US. Usually Dobble sees players attempting to physically slap two cards with matching symbols shown on them. The remote version provides three possible options for players to try, including a Dobble E-Tower, Survivor Dobble and Dobble The Game Show. Last year's party board game, Just One, is also included. Each player needs their own copy of the game and it takes it in turns to be the game master, meaning that they draw the 13 cards needed for each game and keep track of the points. 
Detective-themed co-op series Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective, is featured in the initiative too, with a group of players needing one copy of any of the games in the series in order to play. Whichever player has the game takes the role of the narrator. Asmodee, we well know, is the company that owns several publishers, including Days of Wonder, the studio behind Ticket to Ride series, and this year's Small World of Warcraft, Pandemic publisher Zedman Games, and Fantasy Flight Games, the studio responsible for Arkham Horror, X-Wing, and the unique deck game Keyforge. The Connect and Play initiative follows the Print and Play project launched by Asmodee earlier this year, in which the company provided free print and play versions of several of its games, including... Dixit and Double. Players can download the Connect and Play Remote Play Guides for free from the website right now, with some of the games requiring multiple copies to play over the internet. A true personification of what gaming can do for someone's well-being and certainly a personal hero of mine is the actor and gaming guru that is Mr. Will Wheaton. Yes, star of Star Trek The Next Generation, Eureka, The Big Bang Theory and so many more has also appeared on the online channel Geek and Sundry to bring us the board gaming series Tabletop. And if you haven't watched any of the series, I highly, highly recommend it. And I mean all of it. Well, Mr. Wheaton has become somewhat of an ambassador for bicycle cards and games of late and will be live streaming on YouTube this weekend, Saturday, November the 14th at 1pm Pacific Time or 9pm GMT. Bicycle Cards, owned by the United States Playing Card Company, creates the world's best playing cards. For over 130 years, they have been called first in fun for bringing people together in the name of good games and great company. Their cards paved the path to freedom for POWs in World War II and kept presidents entertained in the White House's Oval Office. Yeah, I know. They've passed through the hands of Copperfield and Blaine, generals and soldiers, collectors and players, fathers and sons. They're all about the cards, the games and the experiences they create. So, amongst chats with the game's designers of Tattoo Stories and Shuffle Grand Prix, Will returns to what he does best and teaches us how to play the games too. So don't miss out, that's live on Saturday 9pm UK time on the YouTube channel Bicycle Cards Video, or check in afterwards to watch it at your leisure. We're heading on over to Kickstarter now, and first game to pop up on my radar is Rule Benders. It's for two to five players, takes 45 to 75 minutes, and is out on November the 16th. Embark on a fascinating adventure through multiple themes like pirates, sci-fi, ancient Rome, far west, medieval, dragons, dinosaurs, and many more in Rulebenders, a time-traveling game that twists the rules of the game literally and figuratively and will create a unique game experience every time you play. Players will choose a number of themes throughout the game out of the available seven, changing the character of each round as the game progresses. Players will fight for control over the different rules aspects of the game, bending the rules of the game to their advantage. You will have to use your wits in this unique game where the rules change as you play along. Next up is Creature Comforts, out on November the 17th for two to five players, taking 45 to 60 minutes. Life in the forest is a lot of fun, at least while the sun is shining and the leaves are on the trees. These days don't last forever though, 
And long before the weather starts to change, the wise animals start to harvest for the long, cold winter ahead. You will spend many months tucked away in your burrow and you want to make it as cosy as possible, just like this shed. A nice bowl of soup, a comfortable rocking chair and some toys and games will go a long way to make those dark winter days pass by quickly. In Creature Comforts, you spend the spring, summer and fall gathering different goods from the forest and spending them to collect items that will make your home more inviting while the world outside is covered in a layer of snow. Each round, you send family members out to various locations in an attempt to bring back supplies. If they fall short of their goal, they'll learn a lesson and be better prepared next time. The family that has created the most comfortable den wins the game. Soldiers in Postman's Uniform is a solo game taking 60 to 75 minutes and that's out again on the 17th of November. Soldiers in Postman's Uniforms is a skirmish level solitaire game that takes place in the free city of Danzig on the first day of the Second World War. Right, here comes the history lesson. Danzig, present day Gdansk, came into being in 1920 in accordance with the 1919 Treaty of Versailles. Over the next two decades, the city became a flashpoint in Polish-German relations, which culminated in the Danzig Crisis of 1939. On the first day of the Second World War, German forces moved in to seize Polish installations in Danzig. Two of the installations were on alert and under orders to hold out. The military transit depot on the peninsula of Westerplatz and the Polish Postal Office No. 1. Personnel of the post office repulsed repeated assaults and were forced to surrender only after a day-long siege, when the post office was doused with gasoline and set alight. Though German propaganda cast these acts of defiance as futile and a failure, they were viewed by the Polish people as symbolic of their stand against a materially superior aggressor. So, in soldiers of postman's uniforms, you take control of the valiant defenders of Polish Postal Office No. 1 in the free city of Danzig on the first day of World War II. Under your command, the defenders must fend off relentless attacks from the Danzig Schutzpolizia and two German SS units. The goal of soldiers in postman's uniforms is to recreate the incredible historic accomplishment of the Polish postal workers by defending the post office during the day-long siege. You must last until the three enemy decks are depleted while protecting the postal workers and non-combatants. You score points for defenders that survive the assault. The higher the score, the better. And on to event news. Not a lot to go on now, we're in lockdown 2.0. Jason and Ian will be on Discord with other members of Crawley Gaming Community on Monday evening as usual for fun and frolics. Dave over at Trinity Gaming Cafe and Lewis Games Club has a little competition for all you avid painters out there over on their Facebook page. So if you fancy checking it out whilst you're at home, go take a peek. We here at Mid-Sussex Meeples have just had the offer of moving our November date to sometime in December, so we put up a little poll on our Facebook group page to see if there is enough interest for that to happen, or indeed wait until the new year. Besides that, not a lot else. Remember, keep your heads up Meeples, stay safe, and we'll be back next week. So it's a goodbye and stay safe from him, and it's the same from me. Bye bye now.
Thanks for that, Paul, and thank you guys for joining us once again for our discussion about Marvel Champions, the living card game. If you have enjoyed everything that you have heard us talking about today, please do consider leaving us a review on whatever podcast platform you have listened to this on. If you are watching the YouTube video version of this, please do whack a comment down there, give it a like, give it a share, give it a subscribe. That would really help us out. You can still find us on our Discord server every Monday. We'll definitely be pushing that again now lockdown has some breeze to our graces again woohoo but yeah the links to all of that are on all of our social medias which you can find through all of the podcasts indeed you can so yeah we're going to close it off there guys thank you very much for joining us it's been a pleasure producing the content for you and we hope to continue to do so throughout this awful time but we will indeed do what we can but other than that guys thank you very much for joining us we will see you next week where we intend to have a guest on, one last guest before we're not allowed to see each other ever again, and we'll get to know him, get to know all about the games he plays. And where he's been. And where he's been. So that gives you a clue. See if you can figure out who it is. But until then, we will see you next week. Thank you very much for joining us. Game safe, and we'll see you then. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.